Well, hello, hello. Welcome back to Betterology, helping you think better, do better, and be better in your business, family, and faith, and get happier, healthier, and wealthier along the way. I'm Philip Gonzalez, and I'm glad you joined us for our episode today, because we are continuing a series exploring how to master any area of life with a simple, repeatable process anyone can follow. Now, if you have not watched part one of this series last week, then you are missing out, and I highly recommend you go check that out so that you'll understand a little more about what we're doing. But I will give a brief recap on that so that you know where we're headed today. Now, to do that, we are going to do what we always do and go share the screen. I'm a big fan of overlays and slides and graphics of all kinds. So we are exploring what I call the 4 by 4 mastery method. And this is a process I've developed to help my not only my private clients, but especially help myself to grow and learn and master different areas of life. And here's the big idea. Ask yourself this question, what do you want to grow? If you're not asking the question, what do you want to grow, then it's highly unlikely that you will grow in any meaningful way. So if you want to see more progress in your relationships, ask yourself, what do you want to grow? Is it your ability to communicate more effectively? Is it your ability to prioritize time more consistently? Is it your ability to handle conflict more productively? What do you want to grow to improve your relationships? If it's in your business, perhaps you're a business owner or a company leader, what do you want to grow? Do you want to grow your customer base? Well, ask yourself, do you want to grow it wider by reaching different types of customers? Or do you want to grow it deeper, reaching more of the same kind of ideal clients? If you want to grow in your physical fitness, don't just say, I want to be more healthy. Ask yourself, what do I want to grow specifically? Maybe it's the opposite of grow. Maybe you want to ungrow your waistline. <laughs> or maybe you want to grow your stamina for exercise. Maybe you want to run a 5K or a triathlon like I used to and will again. Or maybe you want to do a marathon. There's any number of things we could grow. Maybe you want to grow your spiritual life. Okay, how? Specifically, is it you want to grow more consistent in prayer? You want to grow more effective in your Bible study? You want to grow more in your ability to love others the way you've been loved? What do you want to grow? That's the first question. The second question is asking, what do you need to master? Because growth will happen on its own, but usually not in the way that you want it to, if you're not intentional about it. Intentional growth requires the mastery of certain things, certain skills, certain habits, certain disciplines, certain abilities. And that's the purpose of the 4 by 4 growth method or the 4x4 mastery method rather is to give you a simple repeatable process with predictable results to help you achieve the goals that matter most. So if you have not seen part one, make sure you check that out. It'll give you some more context, but we'll do a quick review. Phase one of the four phases in what I call the growth grid. This is the tool we use for the 4x4 mastery method. Phase one is all about knowledge. And it starts with this question that we started with already. What's my goal? And the second thing is asking, what's my why? What is the clear and compelling reason you want to achieve this goal? The third thing is asking yourself, where's the gap? Because chances are you know some of the things you need to know already, but 
there is some information missing. And then the follow-up question is, where are the answers? We talked about this at length last time. And then the next thing to do is, once you've identified the answers to these four questions, we ask the question, all right, what are we going to do next? And the next thing is attitude. Attitude is key, because here's the truth. If you have knowledge in your head, but you have an inherently bad attitude towards progress, you're not going to make very good progress because you'll be self-sabotaging along the way. Look at how uh, noted motivational speaker Zig Ziglar said it. He said, it is your attitude more than your aptitude that will determine your altitude. I love that. You can have all the aptitude and ability in the world, but if you have a bad attitude about it, you're not going to be able to rise very high. Some might say you can never rise higher than you believe you can. Uh, or look at how it says in the book of Proverbs, guard your heart above all else, for it is the source of life. Now, in the ancient Hebrew mind, the heart was the center of the mind and the will and the emotions. And so deciding, choosing the attitude has a way of affecting every area of your life. So that's what we're going to explore in our time together today. How do you build a better attitude so that you can achieve the goals that matter most. Four questions to explore. Number one, what are my hopes? If you're taking notes, you can write that down. What are my hopes? So at the end of the day, if you want to achieve mastery in a certain area, it's not enough to say, oh, I have a goal and I have a reason why. It's important to ask yourself, what are you actually hoping you'll encounter. This is about envisioning that future that you desire. Maybe if you want to grow your business, what are you actually hoping to achieve by that? What does it mean to you? Do you hope that by growing it by 20%, you'll be able to hire more staff and then take more time with your family or more time pursuing things you enjoy? What are your hopes in investing in your most important relationships? Are you hoping that you won't go to bed feeling frustrated every night or wake up every morning with that lingering sense of dread. Maybe this is the day it all falls apart. What are you hoping will happen if you improve your physical fitness and your health? You'll get to spend more time with your children or your grandchildren. You'll get to enjoy the activities that you participate in with less chronic pain or maybe no pain at all. What are your hopes? See, one of the most important things about cultivating a right attitude is choosing to look forward to a better future. And for many people, they're wired that way instinctively. I instinctively tend to be kind of a hopeful person. But for many others, that's not a natural thing for you. And this is where you have the opportunity to take advantage of this encouragement from me. Choose hope. And not some general, I hope things will be better someday. Take the time to write down the specific hopes you have for this particular project, why you want to achieve this goal. What do you hope it will do for you? The next thing to ask and explore is what are my fears? And fear is one of those things that is probably the number one block to people making tangible growth in their life. We live in an era when knowledge is abundant, right? It's very unlikely that you'll not be able to achieve your goals because you just didn't know. If you're willing to take the step, by the way, this is why we start with knowledge. If you're willing to take the steps to get the knowledge you need, you'll have all the tools required to make that next step. But your fear can be and very often will be the thing that holds you back if you don't name it first and deal with it second. 
So let me just have some real talk right now. For me, I often deal with fear. I am a recovering perfectionist, so I'm afraid that it won't be good enough. I'm afraid it won't be nice looking enough. I'm afraid that it won't be effective enough. Whatever it is, there is a constant battle within me against that perfectionism because I just want everything to be perfect. And I'm afraid that if it's not, that somehow I have failed or somehow that reflects badly on me. And even as I'm saying this out loud, can you hear how self-centered that is? I'm afraid it's going to reflect badly on me. It's not going to be what I want. One of the biggest things that holds us back with fear is the fact that we're looking too much at ourselves. There's a whole other discussion about the power of purpose and the power of looking outside of ourselves. But only when we name those fears and identify them can we begin to make progress in pursuing them and then overcoming them and then moving beyond them to the better future that we have articulated when we write down our hopes. So some other fears, right? Fear that it won't be good enough, fear of loss. Maybe you want to make a change in your life, but you're afraid that if you take that step, you're going to lose something else. Fear of loss is a huge one. Something you had, you have no longer. Another one that's like it is fear of lack. Fear that you won't have something that you need to come. And then if you make this change, you take this step, that somehow that won't come your way. Can I just encourage you with this? And it may not sound like an encouragement at first, but it is. There will always be loss of something. And there will always be lack of something. No human is able to escape tragedy and no life ever has everything it could possibly want because our heart is an endless supply of wants and desires. And that's okay. Learning to live and move forward in spite of the fact that yes, you may lose and yes, you may have lack, but you're choosing to do it anyway. That's why we start with hope. The power of hope is it gives you a reason to push through the fear to accept, okay, maybe I will lose some things, but it's going to be okay because the hope is bigger than the fear of what I might lose. Fear of loss, fear of lack, fear of failure. I wasn't enough. I didn't do enough. Fear of success. Fear of success is insidious because it tells you if you get to this point, then you won't be able to handle it. A whole other topic, I'm actually working on a book right now for uh, Christian entrepreneurs talking about how to unlock greater abundance in your business and in your life. One of the first steps is embracing the truth that you will be enough. You will be able to handle it and choosing to live in that reality. Fear of failure, fear of success, fear of being found out. Whatever that is, the imposter syndrome is very alive and well in many people, especially entrepreneurs and business owners or creative types. That's why we start with hope. Because when you choose to write your hope, it gives you the ammunition to face your fears. But only those fears that you're willing to write down and articulate. All right, the next one in phase two is asking this question, what beliefs are holding me back? And this is a huge topic, far beyond uh, a simple, roughly 20-minute episode. But beliefs are those things that we accept as true based on what we've seen, heard, and chosen. So let me break that down. And I don't have a slide for this because I don't do slides for everything. But let me, let me encourage you. What is a belief? A belief is something that you hold to be true. You accept internally that this is corresponding with reality. But the reason you do that is because of three things. Number one, what you've seen, 
with your own eyes, with your own experience in your own life, what you've heard, that is from other people in their life and their experience, we could call this secondhand experience, and, and this is key, what you've chosen. So envision, if you will, an old-fashioned balance scale, right? Imagine there's like a, a, a pole here and there's two pans or buckets and they're on this balance scale. So you have seen things in your life, you've experienced things in your own life that tilt your beliefs in a certain direction. Maybe you grew up in an environment where you were constantly criticized and that's caused you to feel like you can never do anything right. Maybe you're stepping into a new business venture and you're seeing people around you that have tried it and they've failed and the market is difficult and it's a hard climate and it's a hard market to sell to. And their experience is tilting that weight to where you're maybe believing that it's going to be really hard and you may not make it. But here's the power of choice. You get to choose how much weight you assign to each of those things. And one of the greatest steps you can ever accomplish in personal growth is learning to reframe your experiences and re-explain other people's experiences. Here's what I mean by that. You may look at your childhood and your past and you say, I was always criticized and it made me feel like I can never do anything right. Guess what? You get to use the power of choice to reframe that and accept the truth that it was not your failure that caused you to be criticized all the time. It was your own, it was your parents or your guardians, whoever. It was someone else's lack of emotional maturity. That wasn't your fault. It wasn't your issue, it was theirs. And you can choose to look at the people around you or look at others in the market that you want to go into and well, they've all failed and therefore I might fail too. I probably will. It's a tough market. But you get to choose how much weight you assign to their experience. And you can choose instead to reevaluate what happened. Well, you know, actually the reason they all failed is because they didn't take the time to gain the knowledge like I did in step one of the four by four mastery method. You know, maybe they did fail, but you know what? That's because they didn't seek wise counsel and seek expert and insight like I'm doing right now. You get to choose the weight you assign to your own experience and to the experiences of others. And that power of choice has the ability to tilt those beliefs in a better direction if you're willing to do the work and make the choice. Now, we could do a whole session, and maybe one day we will, on things like limiting beliefs. What are the specific beliefs that limit us and hold us back? We could do a whole another one on societal, cultural beliefs. What are the cultural beliefs that are in the environment that you're in now that are actually short-circuiting your ability to make progress? This is one reason why many people who grew up in poverty never break out of that cycle, because they're surrounded by these cultural beliefs that they just accept. We don't have time to go into all the structure of beliefs today, but just know that choosing which weight you'll assign to those beliefs will either hold you back or set you free to move forward. All right. Third thing, what beliefs are holding me back? This is about attitude. The final section in phase two is asking what new commitments will I make to move forward? There we go. Put that up on the screen here. There you go. What beliefs, what new commitments will I make to move forward? See, the power of attitude is different than the phenomenon of feeling. The phenomenon of feeling is what your emotions do as a response to circumstances, either external circumstances or internal dialogues with yourself. Feelings 
and attitude are not the same thing. In fact, now that I'm thinking about it, I probably should have written that down as a slide. Feelings and attitude are not the same thing. In fact, you know what I'm going to do? Uh, look at that. Here we go. Thank you, Restream. Feelings and attitude are not the same thing. Write this down, underline it, screenshot it, whatever it is. Just because you feel it doesn't make it true. And you get to choose to commit to have better attitudes. You get to choose to commit to work on your limiting beliefs. You get to choose to commit to articulate and write down and then face and overcome your fears. You get to choose to commit to focus on your hopes. See, here's the power of commitment. Commitment is a promise you make to yourself. And when you start, especially by making small promises and you keep them, you strengthen the muscle of commitment. And ask any sports coach, who is the person who's more likely to excel in that particular sport? The person who's just naturally gifted, but kind of approaches it half, whatever, lackadaisically or halfway, or the person who has only moderate skill, but commits and has the attitude that they're going to do whatever it takes to reach the top. Ask any sports coach, ask any person in any discipline, and they will likely tell you, it's the person who, even though they had moderate ability, they committed and embraced the attitude that I am going to master this, I am going to do it, and they stuck to it until it happened. That's the person who prevails in difficulty. That's the person who overcomes. That's the person who truly is a winner and a master of their craft. Whether that craft is in sports, whether that craft is in business, whether that craft is the ability to navigate relationships successfully and see them to healthier, happier outcomes. If you're willing to commit to master the skill you need to see growth in the areas you want, you will truly overcome and be able to see the results that you need. Now, that said, just like last time, quick question, how do I apply this tool to get results? And I'll actually tell you, it's the exact same process. All four of these are gonna have a very similar process, if not the same thing. Three simple steps to take action. If you want to improve your attitude so you can get to higher altitudes, Number one, schedule a time where you're going to sit down and you're going to ask these four questions and you're going to write down your answers. Number two, make a plan for then how you will set those commitments and keep them, how you will face those fears, how you will change those beliefs. Make a plan with specific concrete actions that you're going to take. Maybe for you, this third thing is the linchpin. Tell a friend. Maybe your plan is going to have a big part to play by getting someone else to go on the journey with you. And I hope you will. I hope you'll encourage them to come and watch these episodes, watch this series on the 4x4 Mastery Method. I hope you'll ask them to be your accountability partner or your growth buddy or whatever it may be. But these three simple steps, if you follow them, will help you grow and improve your attitude at the same time as they help you grow and improve your knowledge so that the 4x4 Mastery Method will work for you. Because at the end of the day, the greatest tool in the world doesn't work unless you choose to work it. So that's the all the time we have for today. I hope that's been helpful for you. As always, thank you for watching and for liking, sharing, subscribing. I do hope you'll share it with others. And as always, again, 
Don't forget to check out philipgonzalez.com for more inspiration, resources, and tools to help you reach the more you deserve. By the way, we are also in the process of a redesign. So uh, depending on when you're watching or listening to this, it may or may not be the way it's supposed to be, but stick with it and you'll find good things in time. Thanks for joining me for Betterology. I hope to see you next time. And until then, keep looking up. We'll see you.